Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. All right. Welcome back to CamFest 2021. We are excited to be sitting down with the director of the documentary, Wuhan Wuhan, uh, Mr. Yang Cheng. Thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Thanks for having me. This is great. I can't wait to, to speak with you. Yeah. Can you let our audience know what this film is about? Uh, yeah. Wuhan Wuhan is a, is a look at uh, um, the city of Wuhan uh, at the peak of their first wave in uh, February and March of 2020. Um, and it, it really goes beyond the headlines uh, the, and, and to try to kind of humanize uh, a faceless city. Um, and uh and I'm hoping Wuhan Wuhan can can kind of fill that void a little bit and, and offer some sense of uh, of uh, human dimension to the to the story of uh, of the virus. Yeah, I I wasn't quite knowing what to expect uh, when I was watching the film, but I was really happy to see that while of course some things were hard to watch, it really does offer a lot of of hope and and some sense of healing. Um, and when I was doing some reading about your process, you were handed this film. To, to edit, to put the story together with over 300 hours of footage. So I'd love to um, yeah. hear, hear what it was like for you to sort of meet these characters and, and how you whittled it down to five and yeah. also your decision to not make it political at all. Yeah, so, so yeah, this is the first time as, for me as a director to, uh, to not be on location and filming. You know, usually that's what I get my most, you know, the most satisfaction from is being able to film uh, the stories and be with the people that I want to film. But in this instance, it was the complete opposite. It was the first time I, I, I was, I inherited the footage and I was entrusted with the responsibility to, to see through the vision of a film out of this raw material. So I got this 300 hours of material. I was here, I'm in Toronto, Canada, where I'm locked down, currently locked down still. And, uh, um, and so I, I asked to look at the look at the footage a little bit in advance and 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 Starlight Media, the company behind the movie, sent me 10 hours and I was blown away by that that footage. It was uh, intimate, emotional, real. Um, and I just I, and I felt it relatable as well, you know, uh, um, and and also just um, coming from where I was uh, the week previous, I, I had I had experienced a. Uh, anti-Chinese racist incident uh, uh, directed to my daughter and myself in our neighborhood here in Toronto, which was shocking, you know, for uh, Toronto, the most diverse city in the world, as as it's been called. And uh, it's just so unusual, something I hadn't experienced since I was a young kid growing up in a small town. So, um, so that kind of anger and confusion, you know, uh, and then leading into the receiving of this footage and then watching this footage and then seeing that th this was um, they're so humanistic and so, uh, you know, and so emotional on, on every level. You know, I think I think this film Wuhan Wan has 
has um, every facet of emotion in it, you know, there, and that we are all, and we've all experienced, you know, I think, I think the idea of ha- anger and confusion and, and humor as well, and, and moments of levity. I mean, th- this is the kind of thing that I was, that really came across to me uh, when I was looking at the footage. Um, uh, yeah, so, so I think as a director who was hired to kind of make this film, and, and edit it remotely with a team of editors from Los Angeles. Um, it, it was a, an opportunity to kind of have a little distance from the footage. Usually when I'm so close to it and I film it, then I'm too close to it. So I, I send it to the editor to, to work on the first version of it because I like having that, you know, the space where they can mm-hmm. see the vision for the film without my, you know, my, uh, my interpretation of what I think needs to be in it because usually the director wants everything to be in it. You know what I mean? And, and it's hard to see the, the, um, uh, you know, what's the saying, the see, see the weed for the trees or whatever that <laughs> I feel like I'm mangling that, that metaphor, but, but, you know, like, I, I feel like it's, um, it was, this was the first time I was able to just kind of cut through the, the bullshit in the, in the bad footage and the unnecessary footage and really get to the core of the story. And, um, and I feel feel very grateful that uh, that I had this opportunity, especially also to be able to to work uh, in the time of a pandemic. And I know a lot of my peers have been uh, waylaid because they haven't been able to do so. And and I'm just very lucky. I would have been, you know, stuck on the couch um, in a deep funk if I didn't have this opportunity to to you know alleviate and find a source of release in making this film. And, and knowing that you weren't there filming um, any of this, but could, are, can you shed any light on a little bit about uh, behind the scenes and, yeah, and how course. these, how these filmmakers were able to access all of this? So yeah, the, the crew, it was a crew of 30 um, independent filmmakers and they were in, in initially in Wuhan as a kind of a home base where they were about to make a film about the Yangtze river and um, and consequently, after the lockdown, the production was shut down and the crew had to made the wise decision to use the access they already had, which was probably through a relationship with one of the broadcasters um, in China to use it to get gain access into the um, the, uh, you know, behind the scenes in the in in the stories that you see, but not wisely. So they, they don't they did not only just follow um, you know, ICU hospital char- characters, but also looked beyond that and looked mm-hmm. at the everyday people, which I think really struck me. You know, the the, the centerpiece for the film is this the story of a, a young expectant couple. And and I think uh, they they're the best. I truly. love them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we could just have an interview about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I wish we could, yeah, we should have Sue here. <laughs> uh, yeah, the 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 partner uh, who's pregnant is amazing. Yeah. She's hilarious. Oh my gosh! I mean, I mean, I think I know I know people like that, you know, and 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 uh, maybe there's a little bit of that I relate to because you know even my partner has a little bit of that and and that quality, you know, just like the no bullshit, like yeah. pragmatism and like like you know, and the and the guy. I mean, he's a he's a yeah. sweetheart, but a little misguided, you know, a little well, naive. They're young. They're young. <laughs> I feel like he kind of likes it too. He, yeah. he likes yeah, yeah, rough he edges, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. He said, <laughs> it I works. love that relationship so much. It's so endearing. It's so real to me. And they, you know, it's hard in documentary film when you're 
trying to get that kind of material out of a um, you know everyday people who are, are not used to the camera. And so they kind of lucked out on finding someone like Shu, who is just like, could give two shits, I think. She was like, say whatever the fuck she wanted. And yeah. it was like, you know, that's what she wanted to do. And it was so refreshing especially when it comes to, a, I think, to a, for, for a, from being Chinese and having a, seeing a Chinese story from the mainland, you know, the films I've seen are generally people tend to be a little more reserved, you know, that kind of thing. But, but in this instance, it was just like, I just loved it. I loved how, um, whole, like, uh, you know, universal it was in a way. Yeah, and, and speaking of our main characters, you know, as a, as a director of a documentary, your, your job is to be this peeping Tom. You know, you just know so much about them and you haven't even met them. So, or, or maybe you have. So I'm curious to know what your relationship is with any of the subjects. Have you met them? Have they seen the film? What is their reaction? Yeah, I, I have not met them, but I've communicated through my, through the team in China because we had to follow up and get those follow-up epilogue videos mm -hmm. and things like that and so um uh they've seen the film what you what you see in the epilogue video is what they sent to us after we finished the movie and so i think the reactions have all been quite positive um there's the unfortunate you know uh, epilogue about grumpy grandpa in the film i don't know if you saw it it's kind of embedded in the end credits it's not really in the video epilogue but the uh, grumpy grandpa unfortunately he died um, and I didn't find that out until oh, a bit later. As well. I didn't so we, catch that. Yeah, I didn't either. I know. And he's like, he's like a minor character, but yet it's, he well, sticks out as one yeah, of the most yes. important for everyone. Mm -hmm. And also because I think he's a relatable character. I was like, we kind of know? identify with Grumpy Grandpa. <laughs> right? like he, he kind of like plays the role of our, our uh -huh. kid in a way and like kind of gets it out, gets out what everyone's feeling. Like, you know, what we want to say, but can't because we're not the Grumpy Grandpa. So <laughs> Uh, bless his soul. I mean, he, mm -hmm. he, he, his family, um, you know, we had to get release forms signed and everything like that. And his family released, released, did that for us. And, uh, um, and, you know, I, I'm hoping this film is sort of a testament to that, that time and the experience that people went through and that um, we can maybe use this as a, we as an audience can look at this film as a kind of a, a moment to reflect on um, our collective experiences and, um and not as, and I think I didn't answer the question about the politics of it, but like to, to not, not, not for this story did I, I didn't want to politicize uh, the virus and, um, and there are excellent filmmakers who are doing that and, and making investigative films. Uh, mine is just wasn't meant to be that. And it, it's always meant to sort of fill that um, the human, the soul of the city and kind of be that story. Yeah, I was kind of bracing myself uh, and wondering when I was going to see our former president, uh, maybe a part of the conversation, but I'm so glad that wasn't in there. <laughs> I, I can't even say his name. I call him the no. president. I uh, mm -hmm. 45, whatever. former right? resident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I made a previous film about a journalist called uh, called This Is Not a Movie. And, it, <laughs> and it's about a journalist named Robert Fisk, who covers the Middle East. And, and he died, unfortunately after I released the film, but mm. he, um, but I made a point to never put in any image of the ex-president in that film. Um, I can't even, I can't look at him. I can't listen to him. And I'm so mm -hmm. happy that I, I'm just going to keep doing that forever. He's going to be 
I mean, I'm gonna I'm wiping him out of my memory. Uh, so we're yeah. trying to too. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers yeah, to that. Yeah, we respect that. Um, <laughs> All right. We're gonna have to wrap up in a little bit, but I did have a question about one of the other stories you focused on because we do we do try as much as we can to talk about mental health awareness. Yeah. Um, and I I, re- I love that there was a focus on that. Can you talk about that doctor's story and why yeah. why there was a choice to focus on that? Yeah, I I love. Uh, Dr. Zhang's story because it is so uh, it's the first time I've encountered a Chinese psychologist working in mainland China and you know I mean for for my understanding certainly in Asian culture but more particularly what I know in my own culture is that uh, you know psychology and therapy is frowned upon and often considered negative and a taboo like you have a you know, you have a mental problem is usually what the association yes. is, mm-hmm. or you're crazy or something yes. like this. And there is no outlet to, to, um, you know, to practice and think about mental health and mental awareness, health awareness. So uh, that's what I saw w- w- was so cool about Dr. Zhang and her, her, her whole thing, you know, and, and the fact that she existed in this, firstly, in that temporary hospital, which is pretty wild, you know, and, uh, um, and many different levels, but like what struck me was like, in, I'm, I'm talking to you from Toronto, Canada, where we're entering the third wave worse, worse than the first wave. And largely because uh, politics has been, you know, superseding uh, science. And so um, I, I wonder if things, if we had these kind of you know, China is China because they can do what they do and, and they can make a temporary hospital and say, you have to go to this. You don't have a choice. You have to go to the temporary hospital if you are asymptomatic and showing and, and registering as such until you're cleared. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we would be where China is now if, if, if we could have followed some of that, implemented mm-hmm. some of those stages. Mm-hmm. But that's impossible in a country like Canada and probably the U.S. as well. So yeah. Uh, but to go back to Dr. Zhang and psychology, I just think it's so, um, it was just so eye-opening to see that and to see the acceptance of that and the willingness of the patients, probably because it was just, I'm sure, like we all feel it. It's so overwhelming right now. I, I, and I love that line that the doctor says, you know, where he's like, not, not only do, you know, the patients need, we all need a little yes. bit of therapy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that I can relate to, um, and I have a therapist. I've been, you know, I I fully endorse that that's a great way to get out your feelings mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talk things through. Yes. Well, we're out of time. We can talk forever about this film, <laughs> but thank you so much. Uh, you know, we hope that everybody watches this film and, and they come away with just the, the strength of the human spirit and, and hopefully feeling a little more connected. So again, we've been talking to director Yang Chang of the documentary Wuhan Wuhan. Thank you so much and congratulations. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. Mm-hmm.